0: You listeners out there, hey, you, you might hear a voice. Maybe it's a familiar voice, but maybe it's not a familiar voice. But it's our new cast member. It's Hannah Colbert.
1: We should be on radio.
0: We should. Uh, Hannah, tell us a little about yourself. Hi, friends. Hi. <laughs> I'm real happy to be
1: here. Yeah, you know y'all know me just just freewheeling. Hannah Colbert. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I'm an illustrator, I guess. And you are, I, yeah, you're employed as an illustrator. Well, yeah, I'm you know. working in animation. It's it counts. Yeah. Anyway, big fan of the show, and uh, I'm vibrating with with joy to be here. <laughs> And I love all of you.
0: We are also vibrating with joy.
1: <laughs> That's the
0: sound of it. Wow. It's horrible. Caitlin, lean away from the table. Don't lean your elbows on the table. I'm sorry, you guys. I just wanted to give him a taste of the vibration. Mm-hmm. It this. was a bad, bad taste. Bad taste. Bad mouth feel. Real bad mouth yeah, feel. Mouth feel like a ki- hairy kiwi. <laughs>
1: Cat? <laughs> Cat? Enough! <laughs> Can I just say that I tried that the other day because of you guys? Like, I tried biting into a kiwi. <laughs> Like I was specifically Hannah, thinking of y'all when I did it. You are, that's thats the power of suggestion. I feel violated. How did well, you feel? I, I mean, here's the thing. I read on the internet that apparently you can just bite into a kiwi. So I washed the kiwi, and I, you know, I kind of gave it a little rub. <laughs>
2: you researched
1: first, though. Yep. And I, I hate that you rubbed it. You need to rub it. You have to get the hair off. I mean, it doesn't really come off, but the internet said it would. <laughs> So anyway, I been into it and like it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be at all. Hmm.
2: So you're saying you like it? Well, no. That's like your preferred method so of like, like no. So like that's how you're going to eat kiwis like for that's the rest like, of your life. That's the None kind of, of, that. of person you are, I
1: would say. <laughs> that is the opposite so of what is correct. we can correct. judge your entire being and history based on the fact that you once bit into Well, anyway, it's been kiwi. really great and recording like with it. everyone and like
0: at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, thank you for this opportunity. No, instead, instead, let's play D&D. <laughs>
1: I've been having these weird thoughts lately like is any of this for real or not
0: That was a great
2: intro, you guys. You done it. <laughs> Does it make sense to people who don't follow our Tumblr? Who knows? Does anything <laughs> make really, sense
1: to anyone? <laughs> who cares? Great point. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kat, and I'm your DM. Hi, I'm Hannah, and uh, I play Slake, who <gasps> is a level 7 fighter, uh, and they're a half-orc.
3: Slake!
1: Slake! I'm Noelle, and I'll be playing NPCs. <laughs> I'm Caitlin, and I will also be playing NPCs.
3: Nice. So let's uh, let's get things started
0: here. Slake, why don't you roll me a strength check? Oh, all right. Hopping right in, eh? Hopping right
3: in. (laughs) Eh.
0: Pippity hop, hopping. All right. Let's see. Uh, that's a fifteen. Fifteen. All right. So, Slake, you catch the enormous, powerful mandibles of the Ankeg charging you. The beast gives out a piercing shriek as you stop its attack and toss it to the side against the cave wall. The giant, many-legged, insect-like creature struggles back to its feet and gives a thick, gurgling chitter. You have already severed one of its hooked legs and slashed several of its many eyes, and it sways as it roars again, turning to face you. Please roll to hit. Alright, let's do it. Twelve. Twelve. Alright, that will hit because it is still prone. Please tell me how you kill this thing. Oh,
1: golly. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to just go ahead and tenderly crush its
0: head with my mace. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All right, so you bring your mace down on its head, and there's a wet crunch as you drive your mace through its hard caprice and into the meaty brains. The monster gives one last wail and thrashes before falling still. I'm sorry, friend. (laughs) That hurt me more than it hurt you. After the beast falls, your mentor Namavie starts clapping slowly and without enthusiasm. Passable,
2: but it took you much too long. There's no honor in drawing out a fight. Finish it quickly or don't start at all. Oh, come on! (laughs) And your mace form is sloppy. Be mindful of your feet, your posture, your stance. You're not some human hunter out in the forest trying to catch a rabbit for dinner. Carry yourself like a weapon. Like an orc! So what you're
1: saying is pretty good.
2: Um, I take out the machete that's belted to my side. I ignore what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Uh We have
2: good talks. (laughs) And I sever the Ankeg's head from the rest of its
0: body. Come help me with this. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm on it. All right. So you guys head back to your camp. These dark, dripping passages where you two live are called the Red Caverns. The winding, twisting system of tunnels, caves, and crawl spaces are your home. They're the only home you have ever known, Slake. When you reach the campfire around which your small encampment is centered, the brilliant crimson of the rock around you is illuminated and the stalagmites cast shadows which crawl around you. These caves are underneath the red fields, a poisoned land to the north where nothing can live. The crimson trees and grasses all waft a toxic pollen, which soaks into the soil and drips into these caves, staining them red, and creating a perfect environment for that which sustains your people. Monsters. Not that you have ever lived among your people, Slake. You were born into the tribe, but since a young age you have been trained apart from them to serve the god of your people, Yowun the Insect. Your camp is two tents, one fire, and a small sledge of supplies. Namavi is your only traveling companion, your tribe. She's your mentor, your trainer, but she's not really your friend. She's tall and heavily muscled with gray hair cropped short to her head and iridescent paint on her upper arms and her face. And Slake, why don't you tell me what you look like? Uh, yeah. Slake is muscular,
1: but for an orc, they're like a little runty. They have mottled gray-green skin, dark mossy green hair, and they have like a pauldron that's, you know, asymmetrical and spiky. Something that they um, salvaged from like a monstrous insect carcass. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Namavi slings down the carcass in front of this fire and sits down, taking out her knife and starting the process of breaking down the beast for meat and materials.
1: All right, Slake, you can go. Uh, Come back in time for dinner. oh uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, if you find anything you think would be a, uh, you know, uh, good for some sculptural work, maybe uh, save it for me. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Slake, you uh, you have some free time. How would you like to spend it? Ooh, let's see. Okay. Um, I think.
1: I'd like to go climb down into my uh, my gallery space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got like this area in the cave where I have been using like the the shit that I've collected to uh, to make some some sculptural art. So I think I'm gonna uh, climb down into
0: there and get in some studio time. Nice, nice. So you just you spend your time sculpting. I guess it's sort of like found art sculptures. Do you, like, rope it together? Yeah, yeah. Or do you carve it? Yeah, like, I I take different things, and I I would say it's kind of
1: a soft sculpture kind of Mm. deal in some Mm -hmm. ways. Like, I'll maybe have some bones, but I'll have some moss and cloth and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, slime mold. And, uh, Mm. you know... Just uh, just make some stuff about my feelings and shit. So yeah. is it is it abstract or is it representational sculpture? Some of them are abstract and then some of them are a little more representational.
0: <laughs> so what is the title
1: of the piece you are working on currently? Currently, I'm working on Man and the State of Nature. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's just a big beetle made out of bones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it sounds good. It's very good. <laughs> All right, so while you're, you're working on this sculpture, it is going pretty well. You're having a good time. Do you, do you, like, sing to yourself while you work, or do you just work in silence? While I'm working, I'm probably going to be talking
1: to my, my current pal, Darius. He's a rhinoceros beetle. Uh, they have, you know, pretty short lifespan, so this is about <laughs> the eighth Darius. But uh, I'm definitely going to be, like, chatting, telling about my day, how it went,
0: that sort of thing. And Darius, does Darius respond or is Darius just a just a beetle?
1: Uh, you know, he he does that thing where they kind of take their little their little front legs and they scrape against their head a little bit. Oh yeah. Which I take <laughs> to mean go on. <laughs> you and your best friend Darius. Yeah. I'm, I'm just telling him like, you know, I, I feel like I'm really I'm I'm not appreciated in in my time, but one day people people are gonna find this place and you know, my 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 skeleton Draped across one of these pieces, and they're gonna be like, "This guy, he truly had his fingers on the pulse of society." <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: Darius brings his little, little front arms up, and he runs, rubs his antenna, and then he uh, skitters around to the other side of the sculpture. Ah, getting getting that three hundred and sixty view. Good plan. <laughs> uh, and then, as you're you're watching Darius, you know, skitter around, he he stops. And he turns toward the back of the cave, and he just is looking toward the back of the cave, and then you hear skittering, and it's a lot louder than Darius's little, little legs can sound. It sounds like a house is skittering through the tunnels beyond your cave. Oh, it sounds like a friend is what it sounds like. (laughs)
1: Let's go check it out. Come on, little buddy. And I'm going to pick him up and put him on my shoulder. And I'm going to go pursue
0: this noise. <laughs> <laughs> so as you follow this noise through the darkness, you, it's, it seems to go farther away from you and then wait, wait for you to catch up. But you can't ever quite get to it until you start to see just little flashes of iridescence in the tunnel ahead. And then you hear a quiet voice in your ear and says, Come with me,
3: little guardian.
0: You recognize that voice, though. This is a voice you don't hear very often, but you've heard it before. This is the voice of Yo'un, your god. Oh, hell yeah. But (laughs) never has the enormous beetle which prowls these tunnels ever come to you. This is the first time he has ever let you hear his voice directly rather than speaking through Namavi. So he continues to head off and you continue to follow him. This seems like a good idea. (laughs) So as you chase him... He leads. starts leading you through these twisting passages that you've never been through before. This is deeper into the cave, and it is darker. And orcs have dark vision, yes, but, you know, you can still tell. It is, you're getting really deep into the caves now. And at one point, you think you've lost him as you come up against a dead end. But you see a little flash of iridescent wings, and Darius starts squeaking excitedly. And you you look down and see... That Yolun has made himself very small in order to crawl through this little crawl space at the bottom of this cave wall. And you see red pollen drifting through the crack in the cave wall and a sliver of daylight beyond. I'm mentioning this because you should probably put on a mask before going oh, outside. Oh, yeah. Uh, shit. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, I definitely want to put on I, what, like a bandana and goggles kind of thing. Wear. Yeah,
0: you would definitely you would carry that sort of thing with you. You know, you're living in a toxic environment. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you put on your bandana and your goggles, and then, would you like to follow him? Uh, can I fit through that? (laughs) You can sure try! Alright, let's get in! Roll a dexterity check. Alright,
1: sounds good. That's a 14.
0: Alright, that'll do it. Yeah, you managed to wiggle your way through this little crack at the bottom of the cave, but, you know, you've been going through crawl spaces all your life. You're a cave dweller, you're fine with this. On the other side, you see something has crashed into the tunnels from the world above collapsing the cave and exposing it to the fields above. As your eyes adjust to the late afternoon sunlight, you push your way through the roots of a massive red tree which fell along with a chunk of building which caused this cave-in. The broken room in front of you is unlike anything you've ever seen. It seems to be made out of one continuous piece of stone. The shattered remnants of the windows are made of a thick blue tinted glass. And red pollen floats through the windows on a breeze which causes gauzy curtains to drift like ghosts. There's a huge bed at the center of the room, and waterlogged books are scattered across the floor, rain and pollen dyeing all of their pages crimson. When you examine these books, you see they're not written in any language that you've ever seen. When you look up again from the rocks, you see that Yowun has settled behind the building, his form now nearly as big as this place. One of his great black eyes pierce through the window and sunlight glistens off his iridescent caprice.
3: Hello, little guardian.
0: Sitting on the bed now is a willowy orcish woman dressed in a long gray gown. Her long silver hair spills around her and she does not wear a mask or goggles to protect her against the poison in the air. But she seems fine. She smiles at you and raises a canned in greeting.
3: Peace, child. I am Vioni, the scavenger. Thank you for serving my child so faithfully, all these years in my absence. Uh, uh, no problem, ma'am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Yoon from his place behind the house, makes a motion, sort of like bowing. Oh yeah, I'm on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and Darius is also—he's giving a little bow from your shoulder. So Vioni stands up from her place on the bed and walks over to you and holds out a hand to help you back up to your
3: feet. I have been imprisoned by one who saved this world once and doomed it countless more times. Torva. And that evil force now rises again and I fear this time he wishes to end the game once and for all. My son says you are strong and there are those who have need of your strength, Slake.
1: Uh well, I mean, I am pretty strong, yeah. <laughs>
0: um yeah, I mean, uh it, I mean, you created Yoan. Whatever I can do. Yoan meanwhile, uh, he he climbed up the broken walls of this room and he's now perching on the top looking down at you. His his his, his antennae twitching and drifting in the breeze. I'm just in awe, by the way, like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) he says though you leave my cavern Slake I will stay with you always for you are my child and I keep all of my children safe I'm like tearing
3: up go south to the town of Banfell. from there follow the road until you reach the city of Madria there you must find one who was once kept prisoner in this room
0: Fionni says, and she motions around to the broken room that surrounds you.
3: She is accompanied by a girl born from sacred water and a boy who is guided by visions of truth. They are, all of them, tangled in a web much larger than they can conceive. Temper their fury, like and protect them from the evils which seek to use them.
0: She gives you this small, rueful smile
3: and says, They once did me a service, and I owe them a boon. Be my blessing upon them.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. Hey, you're not gonna regret this decision, let me tell ya.
3: (laughs) I know I will not. You will serve me well, Slake. You will save this world. If you can.
0: And then she turns and she looks up at the sky and reaches out a hand and like ink drawn through water, her form just vanishes into the air. Yowoon crawls down from the top of this broken room and circles you once and then crawls up into the red growth above you and you hear his voice saying, good luck, I believe in you little guardian. You will carry the future of us all. Come back when you can. Thanks! (laughs) (laughs) And then you you are alone. You are alone in this strange ruin. Okay. Okay. Cool. (laughs) I'm like, I'm freaking out, but in a good way. Wow. Darius starts doing some excited circles around your shoulders and chirping little chirps of oh, encouragement. Man. Darius, this is gonna be fucking sick. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm
1: feeling it. You feeling it? This is gonna be. Ah, uh, this is gonna be great. So I'm gonna go ahead, I guess, and look around this room. Uh, you can roll a
0: investigation check. Oh yeah, hell yeah.
1: Uh, that's a 14.
0: Okay. Uh, with a 14, you you find a few other little things. You find um, a golden comb. You find lots of little trinkets of. Like very fine jewelry. This, whoever used to in- inhabit this room was, they were clearly someone who had a lot of status. You don't find a ton in here, but you see that just a little ways away, there's another big chunk of building. And you're able to scramble up the side of this caved-in tunnel and up to this other area, which looks like it was at one point connected to this room. You can sort of see where the doorways might have connected and In this one, you see there's lots more windows, and they're all broken at this point. And all of the stone has been tinged red by the pollen in the air, but it was once a fine white marble. And you see that there's an altar in this room. It looks like just a low altar for prayer, and there's engravings of... These animals that you've never seen before. You've never even heard of them. There's one that looks like a willowy horse with horns. There's one that's a big bird and you can't really identify. It maybe looks like some sort of a hawk, but but it's not, not quite. And then there's one that just looks like a real scary dog. <laughs> You're looking at this and as you nudge it to turn it over, you find underneath it a symbol that you do recognize. A broken tower. The symbol of Torva.
1: Well, shit. Well, uh, I guess yeah. I'm I'm gonna probably gather up like what I want to bring with me and, and head out to to Banthel. Okay.
0: So after you finish, you know, scavenging this site, you squeeze your way back through that little crack in the caves, and you find your way back, and it feels like. You definitely went deeper in the caves and further than you've ever gone before, and it feels like you should be lost, but it's like you just have this force guiding you now. You just have something inside you that's telling you exactly where you need to go. And so you go, and you uh, you get back to your camp. Namavi is just sitting by the fire, looking into the flames, and your tent has already been broken down, and your belongings have been packed into a traveling sack. Yowun said you are sent forth on a sacred
2: quest. I packed your dinner for the
1: road. Uh, uh, wow, thanks. You, you already found out, huh? I was here. I was thinking I was gonna, like, you know, uh, break the news to you. Uh, tell you I found out that I have a, you know, heroic destiny. There's and no a- need. Oh, okay. Well, um, I, I guess this, this is goodbye then. I hand
2: you, like, a very meticulously wrapped little lunchbox.
1: Oh, this is great.
2: Thank you. <sighs> it's like. Yeah, you've done admirably.
1: Oh wow! Thank you. (laughs) There's
2: um, I use the meat
1: in there, and I point to the (laughs) the lunchbox. I like try to offer you a handshake, (laughs) but my hand is shaking a lot.
2: I take your hand and I shake it firmly, and I cover it with my other hand too.
1: Oh man, Uh, it's it's been uh, an honor mentor look after my gallery while i'm gone okay i'm not going to <laughs> and my bug collection why don't you just take what you can with you look th- a lot of this stuff it's it's fragile it's not mobile like just you know just just check in on it you know, i'm like probably a- going to leave uh, all right <laughs> i'll seal it up when i go
2: appreciate that return in one piece and tell me of your travels i will Hey, 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 all you crazy kids, how are you enjoying Hannah's first episode? I mean, technically it's not her first episode, but it's her first episode as a main cast member, so that's very cool. <laughs> um, I'm sorry uh, that your first time hearing Slake's voice was the Kingdom Hearts line, but actually I'm very much not Sorry. And I die laughing every time. And I am ready to physically fight anyone who disagrees with me. Uh, Hannah is so clearly, clearly, clearly amazing. And so is Slake. And we are very excited. So we hope you guys are excited too. Um, this is the last episode of Arc 3.5, final chapter prologue. To reiterate from last time, this is not the prologue of the final chapter. Words don't mean anything, uh, and titles are fake. So our posting schedule is up on our website at damesanddragons.com/schedule. If you want to see what's going to be happening uh, between this episode and the start of Arc Four, and when things will be coming out, because it's a little bit of an unusual posting schedule for us uh we are doing a q a <laughs> um, we're not gonna do q a's after every arc but since we had a cast change we did want to do one this time but like we'll stop someday maybe that'll be like our one of our patreon tiers for 800 dollars a month we will stop <laughs> Uh, please, please send us your questions for the Q&A. Um, although we usually record stuff very far in advance, we wanted to wait on this question and answer episode until after this episode, Hannah's First, um, was released so that you guys can meet Slake and then ask your questions in that context. You can send questions wherever you want, uh social media, e- email, I don't know, whatever you want to do, just... If, if we can see them with our eyes, they will be considered for the Q&A. We'll be taking questions until Wednesday, July 11th, when we record the Q&A as a live stream stream on Patreon for our $5-plus patrons. Shortly after that, it will be posted on this feed as a podcast episode. And speaking of Patreon, I'd like to thank our new donors, Natalie, Maria, Keith, Jack, Karen, Alexa, Christy, Mars, Mew, Jared, Quentin, JJ, Caroline, and Savannah. You guys are amazing. On iTunes, I think I forgot to thank people last episode. So thanks uh, to... Okay, we're off to a really good start with this first name. Lololololololololol. 8592 dollar sign comma eight slash apostrophe wig. Thank thank you so much for your iTunes review. Uh, Shardangel, thank you. Shannacy, that one ghost. Marmar in a box, the final gnat. Dendi, Crow6350, Claire, the silly bear. Terizabeth, Dizzy Lizzy, Dane Fogdoll, and Lycus Stratus. Specifically, I want to thank you, Lycus Stratus, because in your iTunes review, you mentioned that you had downloaded iTunes just to give us a review, and we're going to delete it straight afterwards. I also want to thank our sponsor for this episode, The Slumbering Shadow. Are you looking for an adventure to play? Something filled with twists and turns to shock and titillate players and dungeon masters alike? Well, then you're in luck because the Waltz brothers have just published a massive 116-page adventure for a 5th edition D&D. The Slumbering Shadow. Made for characters level 5 to level 10, The Slumbering Shadow will give you a whopping 15 sessions of play. The adventure starts in Eltergard, where the shining realm of noble knights and mighty paladins is about to fall into a sinister and ancient Yuanti trap. A Yuanti demigod plots to overthrow the Divine Order and reduce the sword coast to ash. Packed with tactics, tips, and notes to help new dungeon masters, this adventure will keep your players glued to their seats with unforgettable battles, vivid NPCs, and deadly consequences. The Slumbering Shadow is available only on the DMs Guild. And last of all, my sweet, sweet Chantel, the code word is... Mickey. You're too late. The sleeper agent is active! Go! (laughs)
0: Alright, so it takes you the rest of, pretty much the rest of the day to get through the the caverns that lead to Banfell, and by the time you get to the, the exit of the caves, it's, it's actually been the whole night, you realize, and it's dawn. You're exhausted from your long walk, and the sun is just coming up over this sleepy little village. It's one of the most populated towns in the area, and the last stop on the main road before travelers have to take the red cavern paths. You've been here... You've been here a few times. But you've never truly fit in. Mostly because you just straight up don't fit, as it's a town made up primarily of halflings and gnomes. Still, you need to rest and stock up on supplies for your long journey ahead. What would you like to do? So I
1: guess I'm gonna, um... Is there like a farmers market type deal? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. I guess I'll I'll go there and see if I can get some like provisions and stuff. I've already got my
0: climbing gear and my weapons on me, but yeah. Yeah, and you've got a little bit of money, so you'll. I'm gonna say you have like 200 silver to spend. Okay. And yeah, you are, you are like three times the size of everybody in this town, Mm -hmm. and there are there are some there are some inns that cater to medium creatures, but. Pretty much everything else is, you know, like the, the market stalls are, you are right at eye level with the top of them. Mm-hmm. So everyone's giving you some looks as you tromp through their... I'm walking with little lily- like, bad posture, Yeah, you know, you're- trying to be smaller. And uh, as you're looking at a, a stall in the town market that sells dry fruit, you see someone that you recognize. Uh, they're coming up the street. Somebody you thought you'd never see again. It's your friend Ainsley. Oh
1: my god. Uh, I, oh, oh wow. I, I run right up and I'm like, Ainsley, hey. Oh my god. I, I thought you were at horse camp indefinitely. <laughs> this is so great. Is that Slake? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Yeah, is that you? It, it is me. <laughs> oh my god. Why are you here? Uh, well, uh, I I mean, you might be interested to know, I just found out that I've got a heroic destiny, so I was just, uh, stopping through, picking up some supplies, you know. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That sounds real. It is.
2: I'm, I'm Ainsley's weird friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So Ainsley is like this very cool halfling. The side of their head is shaved and they've uh, dyed it. So, what color do you want it to be dyed, Caitlin? Snot
1: color. Oh, yeah, wow. So it's, well, like
0: yellow green. Yeah, yeah, so it's sort of like probably they dyed it green and then the green is sort of faded out a lot. So now it's just a sort of bright greenish yellow, but it still looks very cool. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about this, you know, your relationship with Ainsley.
1: Yeah, well, like Ainsley and I, we met like two or three years ago. And we're both, you know, kind of into punk rock and shoplifting and stuff. Well, <laughs> well, Ainsley's really into punk rock and shoplifting. And so by extension, so am I. Um, but I, the first time I snuck into the city... I was, you know, kind of trying to keep like a really low profile, like it was nighttime and I was mm-hmm. just trying not to like make a scene and uh, they saw me and we started talking and uh, we're, we're buds. Like Ainsley tells me all about all the cool stuff that they're doing and like what it's like to like go to school and like all the stupid people that they see on a regular basis and, <laughs> and bands and yeah, it's it's great. It's great. You guys have a great relationship. We do. Great. Best friends. Cat, cat.
2: Who am I? What do I look like? Cat.
0: Oh, um, you are Ainsley's
2: friend. I don't know why this popped into my head. Can my name be Gap? Yeah, Gap. <laughs> the
1: Gap. Yes. <laughs> that's like, what that's what Ainsley calls calls Gap. Just the Gap.
0: Ainsley, that's your gang name. Ainsley with the Gap. Amazed. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Ainsley is flanked by Gap, who is uh, Ainsley's friend you those like you haven't really met gap before like ainsley told you about gap and when ainsley told you about gap they were like oh gap so such a loser like they're not cool at all but now they seem to be pretty buddy buddy oh uh uh hi um
1: gap hey. <laughs> their name's
0: the gap
1: <laughs> oh I, slake I, i'm sorry ainsley uh, calls me the gap <laughs> <laughs> oh right i i didn't know you uh you yeah, had like a title like that. That's cool. Uh, h- how's it going? I just flex my muscles, so that's enough, the gal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stop flexing that. <laughs> I go stand behind Ainsley. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's really good to see you, Ainsley. Uh, um, I, I, I'm. Did something happen at horse camp? I mean, uh... <laughs> you believed me when I said I was going to horse camp for the rest of my life. Oh, I got slay! You're always believing stuff like that. You're <laughs> oh, such a freak. I love you. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was I was pretty broken up about it. Yeah, it really. Uh, I mean, I thought I'd never see you again. It's like at the horse camp. <laughs> Nobody who's cool would go to horse camp. Oh, I I knew that. Only horses go to horse camp. And horses are stupid. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they they are stupid. They are stupid. The only thing stupider than horses are people who actually think they have heroic destinies. (laughs) (laughs) This one, Ainsley. Thanks. The gap. Like, what do you even say to that? Put some dirt on that burn, slight. <laughs> go in the dirt, slight. <laughs> Good one, The Gap. I will go in the dirt, and, and then you'll see, you'll all see, <laughs> dirt is great. Uh, I don't know what you're trying to say. Okay, I feel like they're not speaking a real language. No, right? it's a metaphor, okay? you You see, before, I was in my larval stage, and then... Uh, You know, I pupated, but now I'm emerging from the dirt as an adult. And if you can't appreciate that, well, I'll just see you later then. And I leave. You pupated. (laughs) That sounds so gross, Slake. What a nasty. Uh, I'm already gone.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, Slake, that could have gone better. (laughs) Darius peeks out from your pauldron where he was hiding underneath your pauldron and brushes his little antenna against your your neck in a comforting sort of gesture. I'm fine, Darius. I'm not crying, okay? <laughs> Darius wipes away a little little tear from your chin. Ah, uh, jeez.
1: <laughs> Whatever, it's fine.
0: So yeah, you spend the you you spend your meager amount of silver on some supplies. Do you want to head on foot down to Madria, or do you wanna do you wanna go on a stupid horse? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I will go on a horse. <laughs>
1: And one day I'll tell Ainsley that I saved the world and that this horse
0: was complicit. All right. Uh, In in the uh, stable of the horse master, there's two horses and ten ponies. There's a lot of ponies because, again, this is a short people town. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's two horses. There's one that's a dappled gray and there's one that is sort of a nice honey blonde with a white mane and tail. I'll take the gray one. All right. Uh, so do you spend the night in Banfell or do you uh, do you head on? I think,
1: I, yeah, we'll find some discreet place, to curl up, take a sleep time.
0: You don't even go to an inn? You just sleep in an alley? <laughs> I was thinking, can I sleep
1: in the barn with the horse?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're definitely running low on money, especially after getting a horse. So, yeah. The, the horse master's like, yeah, I guess. If you want to sleep in the barn, like, fine. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm a horse master. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, I'm going to pet my horse.
1: Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it. You know, just because someone thinks something is stupid or they don't understand it, doesn't mean it's not important. What are you gonna name your horse? Oh boy. I feel like it would be funny to name the horse Ainsley despite Ainsley. <laughs> I am gonna name the horse Ainsley. <laughs> Have you ever ridden a horse before?
0: No. <laughs> So you spend you spend the night in in the horse barn, and then next morning you head out bright and early. And uh, why don't you make a animal handling check for me? That's a three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you are about mm, I don't know maybe ten feet out of the uh, the gate of town when Ainsley sees something in the grass that spooks her, and she runs off. Ainsley, no! <laughs> you can't abandon me!
1: This is the second time!
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you immediately lost your horse. History repeats itself. <laughs> you do find Ainsley again after a little while. They, uh, the horse had stopped to munch on some grass once it decided it was no longer in imminent danger, you know, the way horses do. So why don't you try again? Why don't you roll another animal handling check? Who boy. 15. Yeah, so this time you're you're able to get... Get on the saddle and you guys head out. Ainsley, Darius, and you. (laughs) All right, and now it's time for some random encounters. These are random, and I haven't used this table since the first time I used it. Oh, what a profound (laughs) statement. All right. It's a couple days on the road. The weather holds out. It's a pretty good... You're having a good time, you and Ainsley the horse and Darius the beetle. And you're in a sort of wooded area on the road. It's not like a forest, but it goes through sort of a copse of trees. And uh, you see that there's a caravan ahead of you that's been stopped. What do you want to do? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious about it. I want to go check it out. I guess, uh, should I do a perception check or... Yeah, roll perception check. All right, cool. Mm mm-hmm. That's just an eight. <laughs> That's an eight. So you don't notice until you are r- walking on up to this caravan that it has been set upon by bandits. Like I didn't see them. Just- <laughs> no, nope. you're just like, oh, cool. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> so you are. You don't have time to hide from them before they see you and they turn their swords. So you go, hey, who are you?
3: Uh,
0: Slake, and I'm gonna fight you, sirs. <laughs> <laughs> and the the man who is running this caravan he says oh child don't fight them just give them your money and they'll leave you alone why would i do that that's dumb <laughs> let's go all right <laughs> um and so i'm just gonna have you roll a strength check oh yeah
1: 13
0: <laughs> 13 all right so you fight valiantly against these bandits but it's you and the beetle and ainsley the horse is no help so of course you, While you're able to scare them off, eventually they get away with a substantial amount of the caravaner's loot. But still, the man turns to you and says, Oh, thank you, child, for your help. Please, I wish I had something to give you to reward you, but I'm afraid those bandits took everything I have. So instead, I can only give you my deepest gratitude. <laughs> oh, no problem. I'm just uh, fulfilling my heroic destiny. So c-
1: consider it uh, just nothing.
0: Oh, child, go forth. Be a hero. You've already started off great. I mean, sure, you didn't save any of my goods, and (laughs) my wagon is lamed, but I'm alive, and for that I have you to thank. Uh, Anytime. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you, you have a... It's about a week and a half by horseback to Nigeria. So you have another couple days. It's it's nice and it's quiet. And uh, around the beginning of your your second week, the weather starts to turn. Temperature starts dropping and the winds come in. And second random encounter, and uh, you feel the earth start to shake. It was very strange. This is not an area that has earthquakes, but the earth starts shaking. And you look up to see that something pass over the sun. You're not sure what it means, but you know that this is not a good sign.
1: Was it what? like
0: a, a bird, like a mothman or like a
1: It is it is a omen. All right, was it a bird like a mothman though? <laughs> but cat, was it a bird like a mothman?
2: It was
0: my favorite kind of bird. It was something something passed over the sun. You're not quite sure what happened, but it was an it was an ill omen.
3: What the fuck? Just like a bird like a moth? <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I, you know that's a little stressful, but I'm gonna take it in stride. <laughs> so as the days turn colder and cloudier, and the weather is just starting to get miserable, the closer that you get to the coast, one day you're just you just can't go any further. You have to take shelter in this rocky outcrop. So you make a little fire and you have a nice little camp. And uh, the night has gotten dark, and it's just about when you're starting to to feel like you're ready to turn in. There's a boom of thunder that's coming from somewhere in the distance. And you just get this feeling like someone's watching you. And you're not really sure what it is. There's no one around. There's there's barely ever anyone around on the roads. The roads have just gotten worse and worse every year between bandits and monsters. But you still, you, you just get this feeling that you can't shake like someone's watching you. And then there's another flash of lightning. And you see out in the storm, there's it's the shape of someone standing there, like, just a few feet away from you. The outline of someone in the darkness illuminated for one brief moment by this flash of lightning. And all you see is just a human boy and a blindingly white boob window. <laughs> uh, but by the time you grab your weapon, they're gone. Damn right. That's super scary.
1: <laughs> I'm freaked out. <laughs> Freaking Corbin's and astral
2: projecting. It's the coolest I've ever been.
0: oh man so the rain continues for the next few days as you approach madria and you pass start to pass by the outlying hamlets and little farms which support this grand city that you've never been to but you've heard so much about you've heard about its towering spires and its tiered levels that cascade down the cliffside and toward a beautiful ocean And you're starting to get kind of pumped, like, you see all these farmers and they look at you with a lot of suspicion because I don't see a lot of orcs, but you give them a friendly wave anyway. And uh, it's on your last day, it's early in the morning, you're making your last push to the city. And just there, through the fog and the rain, you can see the spires of Madria's first grand entrance. And then there's a booming of thunder coming from far off. And you think at first, oh my god, that's going to herald just the worst storm. It's so loud. So you start to hurry to get within the walls of the city and to somewhere dry before the rain starts to pour in earnest. But as you get closer, you start passing people who are hurrying in the other direction. One man on horseback nearly runs you over as he gallops past and... The closer you get, you start to see this glow on the horizon, which is, it's too big to be the glow from the lighthouse. It isn't until you're almost upon the city walls that you see the fires. There's a strange whistling sound followed by a crash and a boom, and the fog parts just long enough for you to see four ships in the harbor. One ship with dark sails hurls a ball of flame toward a smaller ship with bright yellow sails and punches a hole in its prow the other two ships are hurling fire at madria itself and the ground shakes with each impact and you hear this voice in your ear
3: go young guardian you're close and they need your help then gift in your hands filled up each space already
2: there's only one left the smile on your face as you tell me misunderstandings mean war but the alternative
0: and I love tabletop role-playing games. I've got a new podcast called Tabletop Babble that talks RPG advice, interviews,
1: reviews, and news with some of the top names in the industry. The conversation is casual, just like it would be if we were hanging out at a convention or local-friendly game store. Get a new
0: episode each week at Don't dontsplitthepodcastnetwork.com or wherever podcasts are available
3: for free.